worship series. I love this, not simply because it's got to do with music, but looking at beyond that, at the lifestyle and the call of worship in our lives, what that looks like if every part of our life was worship unto God. Uh, this series, if you've missed week one or two, I encourage you to go listen to the podcast. It's really been amazing um, and just incredibly powerful word looking at the life of David. The series is called Undignified. And we see this guy's life, how he's going through so much. This is the same guy that kills a bear and a lion and Goliath and all these other incredible things. And he's also going through some tough things. He's facing life in a very real way. And we see his response to God in all of this. Uh, we are looking tonight at the Hebrew word toda, which is really speaking about thanks. Thanks giving uh, a sacrificial thanksgiving where sacrifice and thanksgiving meet, you find Toda. How it's not based on circumstance, but simply because God is faithful. And because he's faithful, it leads me to remain thankful. We also, as I was preparing, there's this word that kept popping up, Todar. That's not Hebrew, that's Afrikaans. Um, and uh, it kept coming up and I thought, you know, it's kind of funny because if we think of Toda on this side, it's, it's going beyond the norm. It's going what's past that boundary that sometimes we create. You know, I'll clap on the one and three hands just about shoulder height because that's what I've always done. Or I, I go to church because that's what I do. But past that certain point, uh, where Toda is saying, well, let's break through these boundaries. Todar is kind of what we do because we'll say, you know, I'm happy to go Todar. And I believe that tonight we want to look at how do we break through this to get to that place of Toda. Amen? So thanksgiving, thank offering confessions of thanks. That's what it means. Uh, a bit more explanation. It was October 31st, um, Friday, 5 p.m., 2003. My phone rang and I ran upstairs to, to answer and it was my uncle. And he was just saying, Fred, your dad's passed away. And I, I knew he was sick for a while. But when that call comes, nothing prepares you for that. And I remember the feeling in that moment of living in Joburg, had my own flat, doing music uh, full-time, and I was kind of living the plan I had from this 16-year-old boy, and it felt like in that moment, I was taken to this place where now I'm this little boy with no anchor. I was just, I had no way of knowing how to s respond to people, never mind knowing how to respond to God in this moment. And especially seeing him as faithful or being thankful made no sense. It was a 10-year journey that I then began without really knowing, obviously, at the time. But it was so beautiful if I look back now how God came and stood next to me and said, I will walk with you every step to find that place of healing where you can see my goodness even in this. And I remember in 2013, we were at a service. Kate and I joined staff that year um, here, and we were part of the Willows plant. 
And it was just a normal Sunday and it felt like my heart exploded during one of the worship songs. And I, I wept, I did the ugly cry uh, throughout the service, throughout the, the, the sermon. I couldn't hold back, I don't know what was going on. I walked to the other side there at Ian Park, to the other side of the property. And when I got there, it was so strange because when I stood in, in front of God, all I could say was thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I didn't even actually understand why right then but I started to sense your faithfulness even in that moment. My dad who loved God passionately, he now was with the one he loved so much. And if he had the choice to come back, he wouldn't, which we'll talk about that later. <laughs> he wouldn't come back at that moment or now especially. He's with the one he loved so much. And I didn't understand God's faithfulness that day but today, I can honestly say, if I look back in the toughest of moments in my life, I can see his faithfulness. I can see his goodness. And I can even say, God, thank you in that moment. Because we face things. We go through things in this life. Sometimes it's unexpected. Sometimes it's consequence because of sin. It could be different reasons, but we all face storms. The question is, what do we do when faced with these storms, when faced with consequence? What do we do? So let's just have a look at David's response, how he responded. I wanna almost just highlight a few nuggets from the first two weeks that we've looked at in the series, um, just to paint a bit of a picture of how he responds. 2 Samuel 6, we spoke about how he brings the ark back to Jerusalem. This is an incredible moment. He lets it all out as he dances before the Lord and holding nothing back. This celebration is huge because the ark has come back. Donnie spoke so powerfully about reverent obedience and how God uh, demands <laughs> this appropriate worship because he is holy. There's something that we, as we get closer, there's this beautiful sense of his holiness. We heard about, uh, as I said, David dancing and then also this triumphant king in battle. He wins. He's just, there's something about him as a warrior. Rudo spoke powerfully last week into, and we looked at the sin with Bathsheba, uh, how he has her husband uh, killed but then also the repentance and the worship response from that moment. But when sin happened in his life, almost in that moment, there's this unraveling of the consequence. Yes, he has repented, he has been forgiven, uh, and sometimes that's the beauty of the God that we serve. This happens, but we forget sometimes that there is this consequence we walk out then. And we see it in David's life. We see how in his own house, things truly start to fall apart. We see how Amnon rapes Tamar, his half-sister, who was the sister of Absalom. Absalom is furious when he finds out about this and he has Amnon taken out. He has him killed. You know, we read these names and uh, we read about the story and it's, yes, it's shocking and it's everything, but just think about being a dad and this is your children. 
it changes things. And this is the weight that he's feeling. 2 Samuel 15 verse 13, he hears the news that the hearts of the people are turning towards Absalom. I think in that moment, even that, now this is his son, and he hears the people that he so loves are starting to turn away from following you, David, and now they are choosing to follow him. Verse 14 speaks about his choice to flee. He hears all these things, and his decision to run is not based on anything but his love for the people. And we'll look at that in a, in a minute a bit more. But he decides it's better that we go. So we're going to be reading from 2 Samuel 15, verse 24 to 30. It's on the screen or you can read in your Bible. Let's read. I just want to uh, apologize for the pronunciation of some of these names. And Abiathar came up, and behold, Zodak came up also with the Levites, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they sat, set down the Ark of God until the people had all passed out of the city. Then the king said to Zodak, carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and his dwelling place. But if he says, I have no... Uh, pleasure in you, behold, here I am. Let him do to me what seems good to him. The king also said to Zodak, the priest, are you not a seer? Go back to the city in peace with your two sons, Ahimaaz, your son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zodak and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem and weeping, uh, and they remained there. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, barefoot and with his head covered. And all the people who were there with him covered their heads, and they went up weeping as they went. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you are doing in this room tonight, Holy Spirit. I ask that you just continue to minister to our hearts and to us as we look at this lifestyle of worship, the call to the lifestyle of worship. I pray that this will become so real in our hearts and we just thank you for what you're doing in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's continue to look at David's life, what's happening, and almost set the scene in a way of uh, chapter 15. His son, Absalom, who is full of pride, he's rebellious, he has come back after being banished for four years, he's returned, but he's on a mission. He wants the throne of his dad. That's what he wants, and he's going to do what it, whatever it takes to get this right. He would wait at the gate. He had all these plans and kind of uh, schemes in a sense to twist the ears and the hearts of people. He would wait at the gate where they would come to be uh, judged by the king and almost in a sense say to them, look, I, I know you've been uh, judged. You've heard what the king has had to say, but if I was king, you know, I'm sorry about what's, what's happened. If only I were king. And if it's almost hearing that enough as the word says later on, the hearts of the men of Israel turned to Absalom. He continued with religious acts, uh, the offerings, and made sure people saw that this was happening. He even thought that if I continue with this, even though my heart is far from God, 
he will, he will bless me. Sometimes we, we go through the actions and our hearts somewhere else, still wanting the blessing. He's kind of saying, you know what, I want to, I want to win the hearts. And I don't know how long it took exactly, but it says in, in the word that he won the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom sent for Ahithophel. This was David's counselor, his right-hand man. This is someone who knows how David thinks. Uh, he's been with him through you know, many different things, and he can give a huge amount of info to Absalom about the ins and outs of this is what he would do, or maybe strategize and all sorts of stuff. And I think more than all of that, for David, this must have been such a betrayal because he has chosen to, I'm not following you any longer, but now Absalom, your son. Then we see David's response. And again, just to mention with everything that's happened, the weight of what's happened with his children in the house, the betrayal, everything that's taking place at this point, he still chooses to go. He still says, because of this city, I do not want this city to become a bloodbath or a war zone. Let's go. I will go. He trusted God. He had seen God's hand in his life time and time again, and it drew him to this place, this decision to send the ark back to the city. Such a beautiful picture of his just heart posture in a sense of saying, doesn't matter what happens to me in this moment right now, God, this is about you. I will send the ark back. And then the beautiful verse 30, as he covers his head, barefoot, ascends this hill, weeping, feeling the weight, speaking of mourning and grief as they climb this hill. But in a very large sense, a moment of toda, going beyond sacrificial thanksgiving, that moment of where it doesn't make sense. So I wanna ask, how do you respond when faced with circumstance or consequence? When storms are happening in your life, when things don't make sense, how do you respond? So say this with me, God, you are faithful. Help me remain thankful. You are faithful. Help me remain thankful. Where can you begin? Acknowledge that God is faithful. It's not based on what's happening in our lives. It's the truth. We can put a full stop there. God is faithful. It would have been so easy for David to run and keep running. To in this moment just either raise an army, he's this warrior king, go back to the city and just take Absalom out or at least try to. And even if he's victorious, you know, carry on from there or run and set up camp and do his own thing somewhere else. But this is not his response. In verse, or rather chapter 15 of 2 Samuel, it doesn't really paint an incredible picture of how his, his heart looks in this moment. But Psalm 3 just speaks so powerfully into that. I just want to read verse 3 and 4. 
but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. You, O Lord, are a shield around me. I love this verse and just speaking so beautifully into the response of a loving father, how he cried to the Lord and he answered. So remember the story about my dad. Uh, There was a song that uh, as we traveled through the UK, uh, my dad would preach at different churches and so on. And and, uh, (laughs) for some other reason, they would always ask for an item. It's a special feeling. Um, But there was always one song in particular. My dad's like, are you ready? You ready with that song? I'm like, yes, I'm ready. Uh, Because he had a favorite song. And wherever we went, they were like, uh, okay, so you preaching, is there anyone maybe gonna sing or share something? And he's just kind of gave me the nod and uh, I would know it's coming. I gotta get ready for great is thy faithfulness. We're gonna sing it. And uh, I could sing it and recite it. I knew that song uh, really, really well because we, we just, we did it all over the UK. Um, but I wanna read the words for you tonight and just listen to these words, almost listen to these words as a prayer. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. This song was my dad's song and I sang it and I could sing it backwards maybe even eventually and I I knew it so well, but it was my dad's song until it became my song. And something started to change and and I, I now see the faithfulness of God both in my dad's life through the years, but I started to experience it in my own life. And you can have this same song can be your song. These words, morning by morning, new mercies I see. The fact that God doesn't change, the fact that he is saying everything that's needed, everything that's needed is provided in me. This can be your song. God's faithfulness is not dependent on our circumstance. It's not about what we face. If we were, uh, it would be a very sort of one-sided relationship. It cannot be based on that. It's the same as within prayer, how we don't go into it based on feeling or emotion. It's just the reality that God is faithful. And because he's faithful, I can remain thankful. Faithfulness is so big. His faithfulness is so big. It's so complete that it doesn't only embrace our success, but also our disappointments. When we are going through things and we are faced with stuff in this life, it often feels like, and you can in that moment feel like something has been taken away. But I just want to encourage you tonight that the the truth is God is adding in that moment. 
he's shaping and molding and pruning and doing stuff. And he's your loving father in that moment, calling you closer and making you more like his son, pulling you into that image where we start to see his faithfulness in those tough storms, his goodness in the storm. So, secondly then, help me remain thankful. I just want to highlight that. And I say it like that because it's not a remain thankful. Just remain thankful. Because that sounds almost like it's up to us. It's in our strength. But help me remain thankful. When Jesus left, he said, it's better that I go because of who's coming. And the Holy Spirit was not sent simply for the fruits or the gifts. He's here, the person of the Holy Spirit, to help, to encourage, to counsel, to walk with us, to lead us in this life. And He is the one that can help us. In the morning when our eyes open, we can start our day with God. You are faithful. Today, Holy Spirit, help me to stay thankful. Today, let my life be worship unto you in my workplace, wherever it is as a student or whatever I'm doing in this day, may it be worthy unto you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in only the circumstances that worked out for you according to your will. That's how we would like it sometimes if we were just honest or maybe it's just me. But in all circumstance, does that make sense? No, because his ways are bigger than ours and his timing is often so different, completely left field it feels like and yet it's perfect. And even when he says no, he's being faithful to you. Because he's a father that has seen the end. And he sees what we don't see. So we simply say, God, I trust you. You are faithful. Help me remain thankful. Natural thankfulness, it's easy. I need a pair of tackies. I get a pair of tackies. Thank you. It's kind of simple, that stuff, the stuff in this world. But when it comes to this kind of thankfulness that we're speaking about tonight, sacrificial thanks, thankfulness starts with God himself. That is the foundation, the center we need to take hold of. It's also letting go of control. That area where I'm saying, you know what, here's my life, Lord. Have all of of maybe just this one section I'm gonna keep back because I've had this under control for a while now and I'll keep going with this because I'm, I'm pretty good. And God's saying, uh, I want all of you. Every area of your life surrendered to me. All of you, that's what I'm asking. God, you are faithful. Help me remain thankful. So we have a choice. We have a choice in this moment. 
right now, we can choose. This series is not simply looking at different topics and different things and elements of this guy that's back in the Old Testament and it's great to see what happens in his life and the outcome and the victories and all these things and God's saying, I haven't changed. I'm still the same and I'm that God that I was for that guy that you're reading about and that's inspiring some of you as you read that. I'm the same today for you. I wanna be there when you are faced with things that feel like, I don't know how to face this. I don't know how to be thankful in this moment. I don't know how to see your faithfulness. God steps in and says, by my Holy Spirit, I will help you. The storms that you are facing, and I know some of you are sitting here, and if you were like me when I was going through that 10-year I was the guy that was always making jokes because I was pretending everything's really good and inside screaming help to the point where eventually I could settle this <laughs> and realize, God, I need you. I need you. My dependence on you is more than just an area. It's more than just on a Sunday. It's more than at encounter night or whenever it is that we get together to worship you. I need you when I wake up, when my eyes open. I need you at work. I need you when I'm studying. When things are going good, especially I need you so that I don't start to think, hey, I did this. I need you always. And if we don't settle that, that is my call to you tonight to get to this place where we realize there is a loving father who's not saying, you know, you're doing it wrong, help me, come on, I want to teach you, I want to do this because I can't believe, um, you know, what you've done, all these kind of things that we sometimes tell ourselves. He's a loving father that's saying, I've seen and I see and I know what I've spoken over your life. There are words and there are truths and that I'm calling you to tonight. It's just that choice we have to let go, to surrender to God, to choose and say, God, it doesn't always make sense, but I choose you now. I'm letting go. You are faithful. Remember the verse that we spoke about. Armand, you guys can come back. Um, where David climbs the hill and as he's climbing the hill, there's, there's a lot of tears. So there's another king that climbed a hill. Another king who wept. The difference with this king is he was not crying because of his own sin, because he, he had none. He was starting to feel the weight of, of our sin on his shoulders. He knew what lay before him. The foundation of, of thankfulness, the starting blocks, and, and I want to kind of say it's also the place where we stay with regards to thankfulness is the result of understanding what God did through Jesus on the cross. It's getting to that place where we can see continuously the sacrifice that was paid so that we can have life. Jesus knowing I need to lay down my life 
so you can have life. This is something we should never become familiar with. The truth that he knows your name. The fact that by his spirit, he's here. He's the one that's calling. He's the one that's maybe speaking to you right now. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's, there's just too much happening. Or maybe right now things are just really good. The call is the same tonight for you to get to that place of just saying, Lord, I want to live this lifestyle of worship that I've heard about, I've even sometimes sung about. I want to live in that space where you are worshiped throughout my day, every day, because you are worthy, because you are faithful. There is a call tonight, and maybe you're sitting here and you're not 100% sure that you have given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you know for a fact, after we have sung, there's going to be another call just for you to, to respond. We would love to pray with you tonight. I also want to ask that if you are here tonight and there are storms, there are things that you are facing and you are in that space where you are saying, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where to run. Run to him. We would love to, to pray with you at the end. But right now we are going to respond whether you want to lie down, sit, stand, do whatever it is that you're comfortable with, but from a position and a heart of saying, God, you are faithful. Help me remain thankful. Help me to live in the space where you are worshiped, where this is not about song, this is greater than just events, this is greater than Sundays, that my life will be a worship unto you. So let's stand together. Let's respond in worship and sing from that, from that place of just saying, God, tonight we love you for no other reason because you are God and you are worthy tonight. We give you all the praise. We thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you that we can be together to lift up the name of Jesus. And tonight we just celebrate.